This is Iron Sports. We're at the True Oldies and the Surf. We're talking to Brett Michaels, uh, legendary everything. Uh, Brett, uh, you uh, have a new book out called Autoscrapography. Um, and uh, so thanks for coming on and talking about the book. But first of all, how, how, what are you doing during quarantine? I am doing, first of all, I want to say hello and, and I want to tell you thank you for asking and thank you for having me on. During the quarantine, uh, you know, I was out on the road when the coronavirus became official. In other words, news trickled in from everywhere, a little confusing. You're like, you weren't, I think all of us can agree, we weren't quite sure when the hammer went down that this was official. But being an, I'm diabetic since the age of six, I knew I was in the highest risk category. So we came off the road. I quarantined myself away from the kid, my children for for minimum three weeks. I wanted to make sure I hadn't, you know, because I'm a meet and greet guy. I'm a, Ira, how you doing? Handshake, big hug. How's the family? So I, I truly around a lot of people, but uh, I am safe. I'm good. And then I just did this. I have a unique, uh, my dad always said I have a unique amount of extra energy. So I immediately dove into stuff I had to do. One of them was repainting the sport court I've avoided for a hundred years. <laughs> so I had this cement sport. I'm like, all right, look, this thing has needed paint for as long as I can remember, but I love playing basketball, being out there on it, you know, and I go, I'm doing that. So I just busted out the right paint, threw it down on there. I've always had the paint. I just didn't do it. So I did a lot of things that needed done to keep my energy level right. I ripped apart a go-kart engine that didn't need ripped apart and put it back together for my, you know, it was just finding stuff. Um, musically, the Rosebush sessions, if people watch them, they will get a good kick out of that. <laughs> and then, and then, like I said, working on the auto scrapography, which is long story, super short. It's an autobiographical scrapbook diary that I wrote every single story in it myself. And it comes in volumes. So, it's got every picture in it. Every picture has a story. Every story has a picture. And it's a new format, I think, for a lot of artists and a lot of people like me who read autobiographies. I'll get through 12 chapters, but there's not a photo. I need a photo. Right. And right. so I supplied an overabundant amount of photos. <laughs> that's okay. That's great. Story. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's it. No, that's that's a lot to do. I was going to say we just had Ben Cohn as the Wall Street Journal writer for the NBA, and he was talking. He wrote yes. a book called The Hot Hand, and one of the things was he talked about artists that get you know are hot during certain periods of time. And he mentioned about William Shakespeare, and he said there was a plague in England in the 1600s, and that's when there was a, during that plague in three months Shakespeare wrote Macbeth, King Lear, and Anthony and Cleopatra. So it was like I was waiting for you to say, "Well, I got the three greatest songs ever written in this time period," but that was uh, because of Shakespeare. But uh, no, but this autobiography because your life is just. You've done so much. It's not just you've been a singer, but you've been you've in movies. You've produced movies, directed movies. You've gone from rock to country. You've been on The Celebrity Apprentice. You've hosted uh, uh, um, Miss USA pageants. You've had one of the top reality TV shows. It's like you're just your breath of your talent is there. And it's just it's amazing. That's why you need more volumes, because you've done so much in your life. First of all, beyond thank you for saying that. And I said part of it is they – I laugh. I said part of it they've said is Renaissance man, and part of it is a little crazy. So there's a good mixture of, of the sanity with the insanity. But one of my things, and I've said this, 
Um, there were so many talented people, and I, I want to make sure I make this clear. Talented, regardless if that's athlete, actor, entrepreneur, radio host, whatever is, there's talent and, and creativity. And one of the things for me is I'm, I'm, I'm creative, but then I've, I'm one of those guys with the, the follow-through. The Pittsburgh in me is about you, you have to – the harder I work, the luckier I get. And so I also have a work ethic that you have this creative idea, and when I hit a wall, someone says no, I just find a way through it, over it, around it, under it to get it done. And then all of a sudden, one thing falls into the other because I'm so hands-on. So – and the reason I say this is there, when you're hands-on stuff – other things and opportunities arise. So I'm in the middle of working on music for one TV show. And then the next thing you know, they're like, well, would you want to do a reality show with us? That would be crazy. And then it just falls. You, you know where I'm going with this. It just falls into something else. And I feel a lot of gratitude to be able to, to still be here talking with you and doing it. And I think your book's going to go through everything you've ever come from diabetes to your 2010 brain hemorrhage to, to just all the struggles that you came to become so successful and, and just with the passion that you bring it with. Um, and also you highlight, we're going to get into your, the Steelers. <laughs> we're going to, because I'm a humongous Steeler fan just like oh, you. I'm ready. I'm we're, ready we're, 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 we're on sports here. We're talking, there's the two oldies in the surf, and we're going to get this football in a second. But I did want to mention your charity, which is, at your Operation Homefront, the American Diabetes Association, and then in 2019, we know you from down here in West Palm that you actually, there was, you heard that a, a nine-year-old girl was separated from her family during Hurricane Dorian. She was stuck here in Florida, and you came on your plane, picked her up, gave her all these presents, and then flew her to her parents' home in the Bahamas and helped everybody in the Bahamas, and then flew to Puerto Rico and helped people out there. So you're just amazing in terms of just, you know, you, you actually physically go and help these people and everyone. It's just amazing. Amazing what you've done with your charitable endeavors. Again, thank you for recognizing it. And I do it with the team. That's everybody helps me to do this stuff. When we came down there, we were talking about hands-on, right? And this is how this came around. We were working, working with Operation Airdrop, and I was originally starting to take toys down to South. I'm, I'm a Florida fanatic. I think the world knows this. I made no bones about my love of Florida, and I mean true love of Florida. Coming from the Berg, Pittsburgh, um, the minute we knew we were going to Florida, I wrote this in my book. I said when our car turned down 95 going south, I, I was in heaven. I, I was like, this is we're going to Florida. This is a good day. And they, my love of Arizona and Southern California, I, I love it as far as living. But we went down there originally to do uh, – to take toys to people and working with the Marines toys for tots. And then the opportunity arose to take the, to take families at the girl and families home that had been displaced. Then we started taking toys to Puerto Rico. And then a couple of the other planes that were going to help us, it was a pretty horrific storms. Uh, so my pilots and plane felt it was safe enough. And we just came back and forth a bunch of times and just, started taking the toys i would load them up in a pickup truck that was left at the airport that was barely running and we'd drive them to the villages it was it was honestly it it was awesome it, we we had such a great time for those days and then we took the dominican republic to puerto rico and just it was it had a great time 
Well, I think it's great that you're hands you talk about being hands on, you're hands on and actually doing it. You weren't just donating money, you actually went and did that. And I'm sure everybody appreciated you know, having having you there and doing those things. And 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 one other point is you just mentioned about Southern California. So I have a good friend, Paul Camerata, who owns Sunset Sound in uh, L.A., where everybody records. And, and he mentioned, I was, I was talking to him, so he has a beautiful building on uh, Sunset Boulevard, and I do some work with him where we paint the building for different advertisers, and it's an amazing building. And so I asked Paul about you, and he said, hey, remember when he came down, you had a classic 60s red Corvette with gold-plated bumpers, and when they knew you were coming, his whole staff would wait outside because they wanted to see you come down in your car but he said you were amazing to work with you were great unlike a lot of the art- other artists he worked with but he said you were tremendous and just you know to want to say hi really well please two things say hi for me best experiences ever and yes it was a 63 the year i was born right <laughs> 63 it was the first year they had split window vet and i came down there and what possessed me i bought it out of a garage in pittsburgh and I just decided I was making it Ferrari red. Why the gold bumpers? I don't know. Part of my craziness. But I just did it, and it just – it was a uh, – there's a great story about that. There's actually a great story in the book. And then I want to say this. Thank you for the compliment on that because when I go places, I, I start my book out by saying the two most important words in any language are thank you. Thank you, and, I'm, and I mean this sincerely, a real gratitude and so when I get down there and all the people were working at the studio, amazing to work with. But without them, I couldn't get to do what I got to do, which is record, make music. And so, again, grateful for that. That's great. And we're talking to Brett Michaels. Uh, his book out is Auto Scrapography. You can get your book. It's on shopbrettmichaels.com. Is that correct? That's the best way to get this book. It's an e-book and also a hardcover book. Correct, Brett? It is, you're exactly correct. And here's what we did. We made it the first two prints of it. And that's during this coronavirus because I could not ask, you can't imagine this. So go with me, my life story. I announced it in December. The pre-sales go through the roof, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Then all of a sudden we hit coronavirus. We come off the road. The printers, I can't ask them to go in and work. You know what I mean? You right. can't go, right. go and work. They have to be safe. That's number one. And during that, the first print went instantly. Now the second print uh, that was yesterday shipped is sold out. And I told people, I think it's because it's an exciting new format. In other words, you want them to read your story, but giving them a new format of being able to look at these photos so they can do the print, they can do the ebook, which is instant. And then we designed something that I'm sort of announcing with you here is we did an audiovisual big read. So I read the whole book from my house, like living room, the studio, I read it. And then we have all the images come to life. So you see the stills, then the still images start moving. And it's it's going to be an interesting release in June for the audiovisual big read. I mean, the, yeah, book. that's great. I mean, I love, I mean, I read, I love reading. I read books all the time. We have authors on, but I love when the author himself Me reads too. the book because I think that I, I, when someone has a book, I want to hear the author read it. I don't want some professional reader. Like I, I'd rather hear the author read it with your passion and everything. So, but I saw a clip from your book and, and I loved it. We're going to delve into the sports right here is that you had the Sweet Home Alabama when you sang Sweet Home Alabama. And I was just at the Bama LSU game this past year. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Bama game and seen when they played Sweet Home Alabama in the 
in the middle of the game and the place goes nuts and they turn the lights on and off and it's just amazing but I, it was very much like when you were singing during the during your book so that was great thank you and let me tell you something as a college football fanatic i'm a sports fanatic I'll give you an example. Even the college, like, you know, Vanderbilt gets to keep their title. I said they're getting to keep their title two years in a row at the college baseball world, you know, the (laughs) series. And, uh, you know, and last year working with them and one of the pitcher's daughters that was, you know, working to make her life awesome, we work with them. And I'm a sports fanatic, especially college, where you've got that passion, that that incredible passion. And then uh, my oldest daughter, Rain, long story super short, Sports Illustrated, one of the swimsuit models of the year, and her, I'm going to say friend and boyfriend, so this is the dad speaking, (laughs) (laughs) let's say friend slash boyfriend, Matt Corral plays for Ole Miss. And uh, and he he is a dedicated, passionate player, and and watching that college football and especially those games and when you get a little sweet home and you hear the crowd going roll tide roll oh yeah it's, it's a party and LSU you know what I'm saying you're talking about SEC here this is this is football's football. Oh, no, it was that game. I just love that game. And I went to the Clemson-LSU game, National Championship, but that Bama-LSU game was just amazing to be there. It was my second. I went to a Penn State-Bama game, but this game was off the charts. But So I know that you grew up in – you were born in Butler, so that's where the Steelers come from. And uh, and then I, I was reading that you – when you were young, and my parents, I'm mad at my dad for not doing this forever, but he never took me to Latrobe for a training camp. Now, since then, I've been there a zillion times. But, uh, but you got to go there when you were young, so you got to see – Terry Bradshaw, Rocky Blyer, Joe Green. I mean, how that that had to be seared in your memory to to see these great uh, guys just in the in the training camp. I just want to say this: you just gave me. I have chill bumps on my arm. <laughs> I may have to take a photo and send it to you. I'm not making this up. I could talk about this all day. First of all, as a kid, we went to Latrobe. Like we had a whole setup. You know, the trunk of the old Galaxy 500. You know, and back then, I think you were allowed to. Uh, take beers with you and drink apparently my dad thought so anyway <laughs> but they would be you know they'd pop the trunk the cooler we would watch them practice i've got a picture with me in the book i've never shown anyone before it's me and my sister michelle and we're standing there and it's roy Jarella. in the background is mean joe green looking over at us kind of waving and then you see like terry bradshaw like practicing in the distance it was it's a Polaroid, and I just taped it right onto the paper, and I said, this was a magical day in my life. And we did it a lot, but my dad was one of the original tailgaters at Three Rivers. You know, we go down as Lambert's lunatics, and that kind of – that instilled – I'm going to go deep dive into this. That instilled a lot of my character. In other words – having fun but getting it done in other words you had this hard work a day dad he's a veteran works at armco steel my mom was awesome works at the correctional institute and you know and we would go down there and also learned how to have fun and i think that's part of when you see segueing to poison or brett michaels in concert when i hit that stage there is a true passion to have fun and gratitude and a lot of that comes thanking my mom and dad for that upbringing right i mean look heinz field's nice 
but Three Rivers Stadium, and with all when there was no PNC Park, and you just go down there, and people were coming down with school buses, school buses, and they would just knock the back out, and and U-Hauls and everything, and just the sea of people and the flags, like everybody. When someone said go to the flag, like you couldn't even have a Steeler flag because how could you find someone? And I just sometimes there was two hundred thousand people outside the stadium, and there was fifty thousand in, and you know I miss those days. I you know I go to I was still you know I've been thirteen games last year, thirteen games the day before, but I miss that whole tailgating hours before the game all the Steelers songs I mean that was just I mean that's amazing like you're never never going to have that as Steelers fans now with the new Heinz Field yeah and let me say this I I I have to believe um first of all I'm agreeing with you when we would go down there there was as many people outside partying as there was in the meaning they were in the building and I'm doing my my best to bring back Steel City Assassins the, the lunatics, the and and now we're starting to get this with the Buckos again for you know charging forward for a winning season, right? But I'm saying it's a the the, the flags going. We're getting a section where there's a bunch of people dressed up like pirates, <laughs> and I think to bring sports. I I tell people this: what keeps me young at heart is that ability to enjoy yourself and not. I don't ever want to completely grow up. Like, I want to go there and party. I've got the flags. I've got the whole – I paint my face up with the black. And no, gold. you don't. It's you a, paint your like, face. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I do it up, man. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like poison meets kiss meets stillers. Or let me just say it right. Stillers. And in Pittsburgh, you have to learn – here's the beauty. Besides the food, the language – if you can say stuff like Ian's going down Stellars, it explains the entire day. Our day, we know where to go, what time, in three words. You know what I mean? You could do three words, and we all know where to go, what to do, what to bring to eat. And that passion, I beg, I know right now we are, let me say, going through tough times. I get it. Not just unprecedented. It's, it's really confusing, tough times. When we come out of this stronger than ever, and 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 forge forward. I think the gratitude and the ability to go places and be thankful to just go to a sporting event, to go to a concert, to be able to hang out with your friends again, go to a gas station, and, and I'm saying in our case, you know, pump gas without four gloves and two masks on. <laughs> we're going to be grateful. We're, we're going to say, man, I'm going to a sporting event and I'm going to party. I'm having a good time. And then the one thing about the Steelers in the 70s, and even till now, but, but definitely the Steelers in the 70s, that team brought together the entire city. I mean, it was like it, all races, religions, ethnicities, political persuasions. Yes. It was the unifying force for, a, for an area that was in Pittsburgh at the time was losing the steel mills. There was economic problems. There were things going on. But it was like that team, because they were bad for so long and suddenly were the best of all time and four Super Bowls in six years. But that, you know, we were, I was young. I grew up in Altoona. I was born in 67. And so I, but right. being, being brought up in that area and seeing that and seeing how the team just brought, I mean, you could have the people who run the big companies still parting with the people that were their work. I mean, everybody, was, it brought everybody together together and that's what i loved about the blyer and the harris and the bradshaw and the green and the greenwood and the players themselves they were interacting like you went to the training camp i'm sure the players were talking to you i mean they were part of the community and they still to this day i mean all the steel lot lot stewards still live in pittsburgh that weren't even from pittsburgh so just talk a little bit about what that team and how they brought that city together well, first of all, I think you're just trying to give me chill bumps all day. Is that what's <laughs> happening here? Tonight? No. I'm going to die. I'm gonna, no, I love this. 
I'm going to dive right into it. You just said what our personality is. It brought every race. You know, you talk about creed, religion. It didn't matter. It, it whatever it was, the the city came together. Your economic background didn't matter. We all came together the way it should be. I'll just leave it at that. The way it should be. We came together. Everyone partied together. The players, like I said, I've got Polaroids of them just walking over. My dad probably parked a little too close to the rope. You know, they just put a <laughs> rope up. There, All you had to do was just step over and you're on the training field. You know what I mean? But we all respected the rope. And he parked a little too close. And then Roy Jarella just walked over, started talking. Terry Bradshaw came over and signed something, went back to throwing the football. Being a part of that community is what it is. And again, that that bit taught me so much about life, that you you dropping your guard, being good to people, treating people with respect and not putting up those those boundaries and those walls. I'm telling you, it it was what helped me forge my life as to who I am. It was a great time. And I'm telling you, there was economic difficulty. The steel mills are shutting down the Everything around, you know, all the belts, the orange belt, the blue belt, all <laughs> these things to drive into the city. Half the party was driving through the neighborhood. You know, you'd see people on the way down there and your car would be stopped and someone walk over and offer you something to drink or a, or a hot dog. You know what I mean? It was, you're like, oh, thanks. And you just, it was awesome. You didn't need to bring food to your tailgate. I mean, if you just showed down at the stadium, you could eat from everybody. People would just be giving your food. You'd gain, get, you know, how many, you gain 20 pounds walking around the stadium because everybody would be Uh-oh. nice giving you food. Forget it. You, 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 you had to, and then the only way you wore off the 20 pounds was cheering them on. And I used to laugh because I, I, I would always say this. They said this about the, the Stillers all the time. They weren't always great. They were just great when they had to be. And that slogan, that statement, and they always said when you get invited to the biggest party of the year, you dance with who got you there. Right. And those things meant the world to me. It was respect to the people that got you there the people around you, watching the teammates when they would come out of the Three Rivers, you know, to do, walk out to their car. They were all talking with each other. There was a chemistry. And that chemistry and willpower worked. Remember Lambert throwing oh. Harris to the ground when he was smacking Jarrell on the helmet? The Steelers were on their way to possibly losing that Super Bowl against the Cowboys. And that determination willed them. They, they won by sheer willpower. Right, it was, we're ta- it was amazing. Amazing. I mean, we're talking to Brett Michaels uh, on Iron Sports, on the True Oldies and the Surf. Um, also, Brett, when you travel, you travel more than anyone probably around the the world. <laughs> yeah, but I may have that record. Yeah, so I I'm going to say that. that. But I, I travel a lot too. I go to tons of sporting events. I go everywhere. I've been to 50 NBA Finals, 50 World Series games, all that stuff. And but when I'm like in LA and I'm wearing my Steeler hat, which I'm always doing, and I'm running in my Steeler shirt and all that, I mean, I get. People, there are Steeler fans. When I mean there are a few, there are, you could be anywhere. I, mean, I went to the, char- the the Charger game this year in L.A., and there's 30,000-seat stadium, and 28,000 were Steeler fans, and 2,000 were Charger fans. So, But talk about when you're, because you love to represent the Steelers, the terrible towel, the shirts, everything. What kind of, resp- you know, what kind of <laughs> response do you get from all these Steeler fans that are out there that get to see you in the Steeler outfits? 
Let me just add to this. Okay, so I wear my black and gold. I bleed it, right? And that's penguins, pirates, you name it, right? Pitt, I'm out there bringing my black and gold to the Stillers. And we, when I go, I have fun with all of it. So I'll show up in Cleveland. We're about to go on the amphitheater. Oh, no, that might have been a mistake. (laughs) No, no, I walked out. I said, listen, you know, I said, no, no booing. It sold out. I said, all fair in love, football, and war, right? I said, all fair in love, war, and football. I said, however, I brought you a guest tonight, and this was when Brady Quinn had just signed on uh, for the Browns. You know what I mean? He grew up there. Right. So I brought him on. I'm saying this happens a lot, but this is go- going years back. And we're out at the Blossom at the big uh, amphitheater out there. It's sold out. I bring him on. They cheer. But wearing that black and gold, you go, for example, my ranch in Arizona, they, you go up to Cave Creek, they've got the big Stillers bar. <laughs> I mean, you go to Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, it's all my dad and me would go to, you know, and anywhere you travel, L.A., anywhere, we Steeler fans travel. We travel, we represent, we take, and listen, we take our lumps when we need to, you know what I mean? But we come back stronger. I get into the city, some of them are like, are you serious? You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm wearing it proud. You know what I mean? And it just. But but at the same time, I'm also good sport about it. I have fun and and uh, but I wear my black and gold and technically black and yellow, but black and gold. <laughs> what's what's your best dealer moment? I mean, mine was when I was at the I, I think the game, the Cardinals game, because I was at that Super Bowl when they won uh, when they beat Arizona and Tampa. But what would be your big Steeler moment? The one defining that you feel is like my number one Steeler moment. Well, the one you're talking about, I was playing at the Playboy Mansion for that party that <laughs> night. Just so you know, it's in the book. You have to hear what happened to me because that, that was an incredible night. And I just worked with Kurt Warner on Dances with the Stars. How weird it all that is. And then the shoestring, it was incredible. That Super Bowl, it was insane. Now, for me, my a couple things. I got to sing. Um, me and my daughters got to go out and do the terrible towel always against the Ravens. You know, we were, we are in the new field and we're bringing the, we're bringing the towel. That was great. I got to sing the national anthem, uh, several times for the, the, the Steelers. And then the, probably my most defining moment in my life, in my life, in the book, this is in the book. When Jack Lambert threw down Harris, I'm saying watching this, my buddies surrounding me in Pennsylvania were diehard Cowboys fans, right? Right. No, there's so a lot of Cowboys fans. And in, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them. It, it's me and my dad against the world. You know, like David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm like, I'm in a room of Cowboys fans and they're kind of winning. They're doing their thing and they, they're working their Cowboy magic. And, and all of a sudden I saw, I, I just stood there kind of quiet and all of a sudden when that moment happened and Lambert threw down Harris it changed my life I was like boom and it like I don't know what it did to my blood it was like when uh, Peter Parker got bit by the spider I was like boom that was it it was my I was like that's my willpower right there and he do you remember his legs churning you remember he couldn't stop moving from that point on they couldn't stop Jack he was insane no, Lambert. I mean, I just, no, the entire team was perfect. I mean, these guys are great. That I just and I see Harris out. Like Franco still goes to the games, and and I've seen Bradshaw out in L.A. So it's just like when you see a Met steel, 
And then Rocky, Bla- you know, Rocky Blyer, I mean, talk about a, a hero. I mean, he's shot in Vietnam. They thought he was going to be dead, and he comes back and, and wins two Super Bowls. So just an amazing – I have his book, <laughs> Fighting Back. I, I, you kidding me? I told Rocky when I saw him, I'm on the field with him. I took a bunch of photos. I'm like, Rocky, I talked to him. Then I talked to Jerome Bettis, and I said, Jerome, if we could just harness your energy – of did you ever see him get fired up like yes, Bill Power yes, on the field? Yes, yes. I said you harness that and sell it. You you you'll be a billionaire thirty <laughs> times over. It's it's infectious. We have to get to one other topic for the Steelers. We're talking to Brett, Brett Michaels of True Oldies. We have some Steeler fans listening. I know we do. We're we're in, we're, in, we're in West Palm Beach. I'm, t- I'm look. I talk about the Steelers all the time, and my non-Steeler fans say you talk about the Steelers, but I don't care. It's my show, so I can talk about the Steelers. But there's times. But trust me, when the Steelers are on, more people are watching the Steelers than the Dolphins. So I just the Steelers are popular. But what happened? Lavian Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben. Why did we not get a Super Bowl with that? I mean, how in the world did we not win the Super Bowl with Lavian Bell, Antonio Brown? Ben Rotzenberger. It's just, it's so sad that they didn't get it. That, that it just frustrates me to this. I mean, every day I think about what happened with this this great triumvirate that we had that did not did not even get to the Super Bowl. Three of the most talented people in the world, and all of them mega talented. And you know that I call it that one, not six, one degree of separation. It, it, it's something almost. You, you talk about me. You want to talk about frustrated. I've talked about this subject a thousand times. And you're talking about real skill, real talent, real real ability, but something just went one degree south. I, I don't know what it was. One, Like I can't quit my moment of when it happened. Ben is incredible. I mean, and you're talking about Antonio and Le'Veon. They, meaning I don't have words. I wish – I wish I had a better answer, but just something slightly missed. But let me go to say something. If you take the the Steelers over all the years, and this is for any team, sometimes when the team had the chemistry and willpower versus just the talent, because you could put the most talented musicians in the world together, and if one degree of separation in the in the chemistry doesn't work, it can be a disaster. Right? Do, do you know what I mean by that? It it's not a disaster. It just misses. It's never a disaster. It just and then you can go see something and the chemistry. You know, you look at Lambert versus a guy like Jack Ham, right? Mm-hmm. Two complete. I don't even think know if they liked each other off the field. <laughs> totally on different. That yeah. field, right. On that field, you needed one to complement the other. And I just – I wish I could pull Le'Veon and Antonio. I might just give them a call and say, look, I'm putting the band back together. You're all going back together. We're going to get Jerome to will it, and and we're having a Super Bowl. Brett, can you make that happen? Please make that happen. Please. I'm on it. I'm can I, on it. I want to give you one – I want to give you – we didn't get into the Pirates and the Penguins, but while you're at it, could you do me a favor? One of my biggest regrets was when I grew up – I'm a huge NBA fan, but I just wish that we had – an NBA team in Pittsburgh. It drives, drives me crazy that I don't have an NBA team. And I like a root for the heat when I'm down here, but it's not really like, I feel like I'm fake heat fan because I want to be a, I want to be a, <laughs> like, I cannot be rooting. But people said, well, why can't you root for the Cavaliers? I'm like rooting for a Cleveland team when I support Pittsburgh. No, I root for the Sixers. No. I mean, wh- who am I supposed to root for? Like I have, I'm a, I'm a fan without a team. So somehow get me an NBA basketball team. I just. I'm uh, working on, that's my second phone call. First phone call. <laughs> 
we're putting we're, we're putting the trifecta back together. We're putting the killer bees and the trifecta back together. <laughs> we we got to have that. Then I'm going to go. Then I'm working on an NBA team. You and me, we are like we're like kindred spirits. I've said since I was a kid, give me a basketball team in Pittsburgh. I don't care who buys it. Just give me a basketball team. I know. It's just so frustrating. It's just, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Because um, then you're watching the Sixers and the Celtics and the, you know, I even went for the Pistons, the Bucks. You know, I mean, there's different things you can watch, but it was, I was Jones for my Berg team. <laughs> but you were also, so you were young when the Pirates won in 79. And that was exciting, the 79 World Series with Stargell and Parker and the We Are Family team. So that was, you talk about chemistry. That There's probably no baseball team that had more chemistry than, than that, that Pirate team. That was a great team to root for. I was there at 3-1 when they were down to the Orioles. I mean, they were down 3-1 in the World Series and came back and won the final three games. So you must remember that Pirate team. I remember beyond, and let me add to that. I believe there was Al Oliver in there, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Am I? Was there Manny Sanguin? Am I going right here? I think you, Manny was before, but I think he was. I think Manny it was, was a little okay. But you got Stargell in there, and and what I was saying is, with the '79 team and and watching that series, and again remembering as a kid, we would go down again to Three Rivers, and you'd see back even before that, you'd see Clemente foul one off and I, we had the cheap seat so I thought it was a home run <laughs> I'm like yeah that, oh oh my visual because if you remember Three Rivers let me, let me say this the stadium went straight down like a funnel like there was no spread out right you got into it and you're looking down so a foul ball looked like a home run you know if you were setting where we were setting if you know what I mean so we we uh we eventually got uh, worked our way down throughout the game but those teams like the Buccos and stuff, that that error. And you got to remember, this is when the Steelers are at its height. Everything's hitting. The city, it's really helped the city mentally. Let me add to this. Mentally helped the city have spirit. You know that we are family. It, it gave the city some spirit during a very economical downturn. Right, right. No, 100%. Uh, we've been talking to Brett Michaels now. We'll get back to your book for a second. Auto Scrapography, yes. just an amazing book. It's different. The ebook is probably, would you say the ebook is better than the hardcover? Because you get to get all the other, you get the music and everything in the ebook that you really wouldn't get in the hardcover or uh, book in terms of ordering that? No, let me say this. The ebook is the is the same, except for a couple of things, is the same as the hard copy, it's as same. the print. It will be in, uh, it's, a, it's a third level in June comes the audiovisual big read. So it's one of the first books where I've read the entire thing like Audible. You see me reading it. I'm in my living room. I'm reading it. I'm in the studio reading it. I'm reading you the book just like it is. And the next thing you know, uh, you're seeing the images come to life. So all of a sudden an image comes up. Then an image starts moving. It's, if it's me at the Steeler game, I've got old high eight. You're seeing all these moving images and that that will come later in June, but right now the ebook is instant and the print and the first two prints of it have sold out, which is I'm knocking on wood on my head, have been great considering the times we're in. And so I think people are going to be blown away by the new format. It it will take you on it's like I said, an autobiographical it is a scrapbook. It's it's photos it's a scrapbook memoirs it's it's really i am hands-on writing this 
That's tremendous. I, and I'm going to give you another compliment. So I was watching with my parents because I'm spending quarantine with them, and we're watching a Frank Sinatra movie called Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which I never saw before with Gene Kelly. And when he, lo- my parents love watching these old. And I was trying to explain you, because I was interviewing you, to my dad, and I'm like, you know, he's very much like Frank Sinatra because Frank Sinatra was, we think of him and I, from the singing in Vegas when he was older, but when he was younger, he was in the movies, he was in different types of movies, he was doing everything, and, and, and just like you, just super creative, being in the reality TV, doing the hosting, Celebrity Apprentice, doing, you had stuff in in the pet stores, you have pet products, and I mean, we're pet clothing, right. it's, it's like you're so, you have, you're so diverse, and I think that's when you look at the talent. And I think someone who's talented finds different ways. And, and so I'm not saying you sing like Frank Sinatra or whatever, but in terms of your creativity and your ability to do everything great, I just want to, that's for my compliments. I was trying to explain who you were to my dad and using Frank Sinatra as the example. I couldn't be more honored. And you're going to laugh. Do, do, when you talk about different music, when people ask me what makes me happy, I'm a Frank Sinatra fan, right? I'm saying this, but it takes me back to a part of my childhood that kicks up a chemical in my body, like Christmas music, right? Traditional Christmas music for me, I'm saying for me, kicks up a great memory. And I'm listening to Summer Wind. I'm listening to to just good tunes by Frank. And you hear some of them, you know, and, and you get to hear Dean Martin singing, Bing Crosby, some of those songs and their vocals. For me, I'm saying... Growing up, there was a certain warmth that came with it, like you're talking about Latrobe as a kid. There's a certain warmth in those photos or a chemical that kicks up in your body. That's It's a good feeling. And I told people during this coronavirus and the pandemic and the confusing news and the fear, and, and, and I don't mean to say this, some of the fear mongering going on, meaning you're confused. You, you know where I'm going. You don't yes. know what's right, what's wrong. During all this. Stay safe and listen to stuff, music that that will rock your world. In other words, find your groove, whether it's Frank Sinatra or you like listening to Poison or Metallica, whatever that is. Do you know what I mean? Yes, find it. yes, that's, that's definitely. And Jimmy Buffett. Listen to Brett Michaels and Jimmy Buffett's version of Margaritaville live from the arena in Detroit. It's it, You will... I think people will really enjoy the video and they, they can just look it up and check it out or listen with you. Well, Brett, I, I know I've taken too much of your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. It's the book, Autoscrapography, uh, When the Steelers Come Back. I'd love to have you on again because I, I want to have, I could talk Steelers. We should have like volume one, two, and three, four, five because we have so many Steelers things we could talk about. But and uh, but it's Autoscrapography, shopbrettmichaels.com uh, to get the book. And uh, so I appreciate it. Brett, thanks a lot for coming on Iron Sports. I can't thank you enough. And tell your family hello and all your friends and everybody I said thanks, and especially the listeners. Be safe, be healthy. Thanks for having me on. And I thank you. And if you, I'm telling you the book, again, I want to say this. It's volume one. It talks a lot about youth, about now, about the mass Singer. It talks about everything, everything. But I did it like that so people could take a journey. All Anyone can read it outside of music. And take the journey. But one thing I think if you tell people, I don't think it's going to let them down. It's a new way that I think artists are going to write their books. I'm just, I'm not saying it will, I'm just saying when you see it, it's it's alive. It's not like you're reading 40 pages and then there's no photo of the friend you're talking about or the the, the car you drove. You, you see it all. 
No, I feel ba- I feel bad. Like I, I have authors on my show. I just had Joe Pessa who wrote Yogi Bear's book. Uh, Joan Ryan who did this book called Intangibles. You want to read a great book? Read Joan Ryan's Intangibles. She interviewed Barry Bonds for six hours, but she wrote a book about sports teams and how the team chemistry. Because she kept asking people like, "Is there team chemistry? Is there analytics?" And you would love this book. It's Joan Ryan. No, and let me add a couple things. First of all, the Intangibles. I have a, a section in my book called Intangible. It is an intangible, and you know what I called it? I said the intangible is an it factor. You can't put your finger on it. You can't rent it. You can't buy it. You either have it or you don't. There's no – it's an intangible chemistry, a chemical. It's a chemistry, and that – I'm going to get that book, and this is what I was saying about those those things are so – I'll leave it at this. In the book, I express those in a deeper dive – of like when you read wood paneling in the rock jock, I said my life is a combination of music and sports. On my one shoulder is Terry Bradshaw, over my other shoulder is Jimmy Page. <laughs> I live and breathe for both. Well, that's why you're so good in concert. I mean, that's the one thing about sports. I mean, it, it, the sports is a concert. I mean, I, I'm not as big a music fan. I'm much more sports fan. But it's like when I go to like when you go to Alabama and they turn the light. I mean, you got to see this Alabama. They, they've upgraded with the lights and the music. I've, it's just amazing. Yep. It's absolutely, and I like. I don't know how unless you beat them. Like Al, with all that going on there, that was why it was one of the finest games. Two versus Burrow, all the big NFL players on both sides of the, and it was just an amazing game. And I just think that's what I love about sports. I mean, go to Penn State games, a big Penn State fan, and that whole atmosphere of a whiteout and people going nuts is just just tremendous. It's in, it's insane. It's in, and I mean that it's it's a crazy environment, and that music. Is the sound? In other words, it, there's something about music, and I've added the sport element. There's a photo in it that says this is. A, you'll see me charging out on the stage, and they freeze frame the photo, and you'll see pure. It, it looks like I'm Lambert ready to hit somebody. <laughs> I, I can't wait for you to see. You'll see it. I'll say this is a moment at Green Bay Brown County Arena. I said this is a solo show, sold out two nights, and I hit that stage, and there isn't a. You'll feel the energy through the photo. Wow, that's tremendous. That's right. No, I, there's a yep. th- there's a Tennessee game. I went to a Tennessee Alabama game. Kenny Chesney is singing "Me and You" at halftime, and then the Tennessee team came out, and that's when they had I think Peyton Manning and everything. And, man, yes. and two of the players come out, and 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 like you would expect them like to finish. They didn't. They just rushed over when Chesney's singing. They lift him up, so he's finishing the song on the shoulders of the Tennessee two linemen. And I'm like, the fans are just going nuts. Here you have the football, you have the Tennessee team, which is years and years ago. The Tennessee fans are thinking that's you know they can't wait for that to come back, and then you have Kenny Chesney singing like "Me and You" that's famous song. So that's where the, the intersection yep. between the two. I love it. That that is the intersection, and and we will come in. We'll talk again, if not on the phone, maybe in person. But again, thank you for an amazing interview. And whatever I can say for these two cents and being from Altoona yourself, I just want to say don't lose this energy, this passion. It, it is infectious. I, I, I love that the, the business we're in when it doesn't allow people to get beat up and they're still excited about what they're doing. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brad. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. You know it. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye. Okay.